Welcome back to Not the Oscars, a podcast where each week we discuss a criminally underrated performance in modern cinema and argue why that person should have been nominated in their category. My name is Anthony. Please say what's up to Erica and Josh, or rather, Erica and Josh, say what's up. What's up? What's what's up? How y'all feeling this week? I'm very excited to talk about this movie. Oh, I'm doing good. I forget that. Eh, I'm doing great. Eh. Um, yeah, this was an interesting one. I'm not gonna lie. I think I had seen the cover of it at some point <laughs> in my life. Um, because like when I first like saw it, like when I was looking it up, I was like, "This is something different." But at the same point, like it looked familiar. Um, so thank you for giving me an excuse to pop this one, and this was this was interesting. You're welcome. Always happy to instigate a a post-apocalyptic comic book movie. Um, with that, should we just kind of like dive right into it? Do you want to talk to us about the movie that you made us choose from the year 1992, Josh? It's not 1992. Yeah, uh, it's 1995. Was it 1995? You're yeah, right. It, it is 1995. 1995. Yeah this this, this one oh, this one came out from 1995. So we're this week I nominated uh. Lori Petty in the role of what? is it just Tank Girl? Shit, does she have a name in this? Movie? Her name is Rebecca. Rebecca, that's right. I should know this. I'm prepared. Uh, in as Rebecca in the movie Tank Girl from 1995. Uh, this movie uh, is has a huge cult following behind it. So the story is about her um, Tank Girl and the uh, a group of her kind of cohorts existing in this post-apocalyptic world it's 2033 i believe where a meteor has hit earth and essentially it doesn't rain anymore so everybody's fighting over water and uh her and her group are trying to stay alive and there's this big corporation called waterco i believe i'm probably saying it wrong that is essentially hoarding all of the water and killing off anybody that has any and you know very you know call to our uh to u.s economy and uh kind of corporations and stuff taking up all the water and Lori petty and her gang have the last amount of water and they go after her and comedy ensues and there's a lot of tanks and action and comic books it's based off of a comic book novel from from the 90s um uh, and uh, the animation w- is done by Jamie Hewlett, uh, who also does the animation for Gorillas. Yeah, that's uh, how so. I knew him before uh, before anything else. That name looked so familiar. Yeah, I actually didn't know that until really recently because, I mean, I have uh, I have the graphic novel on my bookcase, and I've been looking at the cover of that thing for years and thinking, man, the cover of this looks so much like a shot from a gorilla's music video that's so odd hmm i guess i'll never put that together <laughs> uh but anyway so the animation is done by that uh the movie uh in uh, when it debuted uh flopped at the box office i think it made five mil out of the 25 million dollar budget um the director, whose name I'm blanking on right now, uh, apparently spoke to having a lot of trouble with MGM in kind of artistic control over this movie and what to show and not to show. Um, but it's starring Laurie Petty. It's got... Um, fuck, I'm blanking on her name right now. Naomi That's Watts? Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts. One of Naomi... Wa- yes, Naomi Watts' uh, uh, first big kind of like production movies... Uh, it's got Ice T in it and Malcolm McDowell. Uh, and who does Ice T play? <laughs> Ice T plays. He's the like the leader of the of the. He the, plays. What, what you call him? Oh, no, no, no. I know who he plays. I just wanted you to say it out loud. <laughs> I don't what, want anybody that's watching name? this movie to assume like, oh, like he's playing like himself, or he even looks like himself. No shit. I'm now. I'm forgetting that. God damn it! I didn't write it down. What are the names of the 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 ray the like creations? The half kangaroo. They're called Rippers. Rippers, and his character is named T Saint. T Saint, and they are Rippers, and the Rippers are a a failed super soldier experiment that are essentially demonized in the movie as being like these kind of like they'll kill you for no reason steal your resources kind of stuff 
and we end up meeting them later in the movie uh, and uh, they're not what we think they are and uh, who else has been in this movie I mean that's that's the major cast of the movie um, uh, well I, I can't believe the fact that you haven't mentioned that Iggy Pop has a cameo in this movie I comp- I was about to say that I, f- I it's, okay uh, okay, the reason I'm not mentioning it is because I didn't know that until I watched it today, and I am immensely embarrassed that I never noticed it. You love Iggy Pop. Well, this movie is a culmination of a thousand things that I love. So, yeah. the, I mean, first off, it's comic books. Second off, it's... um. So this movie in particular was, like, very instrumental and kind of, I think, in kind of finding my aesthetic as a young budding human being uh it's there's also an anime called flcl that borrows heavily from the character that Lori petty plays so this kind of character that she plays in this type of music movie is just right up my alley um the opening song is uh girl you want which is played and written by devo uh my favorite band uh so of course iggy pop also in this movie is icing on the cake uh and uh malcolm mcdowell is in this movie and for the longest time he was one of my favorite actors uh i was a big fan of clockwork orange when i was a kid so when i had this movie when i was a kid it was just like oh boy everything in one place give me this yeah when i was watching it today i was just like oh my god this movie has josh written all over it (laughs) ugh yeah, this is a thousand percent you. Like, I I can't get enough of it, honestly. And you know, you know who was supposed to play um, uh, uh, Sub Tank? Uh, the it was supposed to be Bjork originally, and she was signed on to do it, but then she backed out. Uh, wow. I think because of like timing or something, but it was going to be Bjork. Or no, it was going to be it was going to be uh, Kurt Cobain's Courtney wife, Love. Name? Courtney Love. And then she dropped out, and then it was going to be Bjork, and then it went to her. But uh, origi- but uh, Courtney Love ended up doing the music supervision, and she kind of curated the playlist, uh, or, or the music in the end, which is Stone Temple Pilots and all these, like, it was like Savage Garden or something that did the music. Um, yeah, it's, so it's really, so, well, um, Bjork does sing a song on it, Devo, you're right, um, whole sings a song um as does bush and veruca salt joan jet and the blackhearts and yep uh blinking you might have missed it ice t singing the song big gun which was playing during like the final fight sequence <laughs> i had to look it up because when it started playing i was like this is a thousand percent ice T singing right now and then it was like sure enough <laughs> I love I, that Ice Tea's in this movie. I like. I was reading something that people people have asked him like, "Why were you in this movie? Like, what's going on?" And he just respond. I think he just responded. I think he was at a comic con or something. He was just like, "I got paid almost a million dollars to do this movie, he and is, that's all he said." He is billed second in this movie, and he is on screen for like three minutes. I mean. It, like, he's not even like the main character. No, Ripper. no. When they like when the the credits roll in order uh lori petty ice t naomi watts like a bunch of ancillary characters and then and then malcolm mcdowell gets like the and credit at the end but like that's that's how this movie that's how those credits open which i found i just i kept thinking i had missed him like i was just like like i can't believe we haven't seen him yet and i guess naomi watts um she had a hard time like filming the movie because she just I guess she hadn't done like a big production film yet. So it, it uh, but I guess there were I, I haven't watched any of them, but I guess there she, there were interviews out there. It's like she was embarrassed by her role in this movie and she does not look it does not uh, she does not look kindly back at it. Interesting. Yeah. But that's the film this is a big part of Josh's growing up. Agenda. This one was wild. It felt like Mad Max directed by Tim Burton and produced by like No Doubt. I just wait. Yeah, I didn't wait. Really... Oh, that's Anthony. Gwen Stefani too. Anthony, I wrote down. Uh, this is. Oh my god. 
<laughs> yeah. Wait, is what this is the same? I wrote down almost ex- almost a like a very similar thing. Like it feels like they took the set of Mad Max, um, and Tim Burton did the artistic design on it, and whoever dresses Gwen Stefani also did the costuming. Mm-hmm. That's that's how exactly how I felt about it. That's so funny. Yeah, I was like, this joint is a thousand percent. Like, and it, it, I, I was waiting for at some point for like some Scott to just show up for no reason. It. Yep. This joint's wild. Oh boy, the but the movie when you when you take all of those elements away, the movie is it's kind of lackluster like it doesn't really have a plot that follows through particularly well uh and in fact i think that a lot of there's a there's a lot of scenes and a lot of shots that either i don't know because of production they didn't look well or they didn't happen very well because it seems like there's a lot of big budget or kind of climactic scenes that go over to stills from the comic book yeah. Which I think is intentional in some scenes, but I get just get the feeling in some scenes they were just like, oh, you know, this is going to tie things up more cleanly if we just show a couple stills yeah. from the comic book instead of trying to shoot this. Or I feel it was, like it was a, a little messy. Birds of Prey, uh, like obviously, like when I was watching this, all I could think about was Birds of Prey. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Which is ironic. I haven't but... seen it. That what's her name? The Margot Robbie option to do a remake of it. I saw that. All right. Is there anything else we should know before we we let you tell us why this performance deserves a dinner for you? Anybody that's an anime fan, I recommend FLCL if you like this movie, uh, because it's essential. It's Haru Haru Haruko is essentially Lori Petty's character, except just. She's a space pirate that wields a base as a weapon, and it's immensely fun and hilarious. I just got to do an ad for a, for another anime before we get into this. All right, let's do it. Awesome. So Josh is now going to take us through five separate categories, which Erica and I will then award a point. Uh, will award points to on a scale of one to ten, uh, based off of the arguments that he makes for this film. Um, the very first one that we're looking at, uh, the category is age like a fine wine, uh, idea being that the film is held, the, the film and the performance have held up over time and that we remember them. Josh will have exactly 90 seconds to make his argument. I am prepared to time this for you. You let me know when you're ready and I'll start the clock. Yeah, I am ready to do this. Josh, go. Age like a fine wine. So I think the thing that has aged uh, the most well from this movie, aside from comic book films at this current day and age being very popular and holding up very well for a modern audience, I think the values hold up the the best in terms of how they age. I think because this is a movie about a female protagonist in the 90s uh, in an action role, which there weren't a lot of during that time, that is primarily somebody that is completely uh comfortable with their sexuality uh and able to kind of hold their own in terms of their their confidence and able to be like essentially do the same thing that any action hero would do that's mostly male during that time is absolutely fantastic and i think we are just now getting around to having more of a palette for or at least hollywood having more of a palette to do more of that so i think to that degree it almost is a little bit ahead of its time uh, I think in terms of the movie as a whole uh, aging well, uh, I think that all of the themes, imagery, and kind of send-up that they do while still being grounded in a comic book world is completely foundational for Josh. what we have in like modern Marvel movies uh, and most action movies. Like, I, I, I can think of a number... I, I can't Five think seconds. of actually... Well. Uh, you know that's good. I couldn't think of any specific people, but uh, that were in Marvel. But man, this really holds up. Birds of Prey. So now this is the opportunity for Erica and I to uh, take into account what Josh has just said and uh, determine whether or not, or not whether or not, but determine the points that we're going to allocate based off of those arguments. Uh, Erica, you ready to do this? I am. Yeah. Sweet. Um, I'll let you start. Yeah. Okay. So I think in terms of putting together a movie about women trying to both reclaim their freedom from 
essentially capitalist uh, society um, and just reclaim themselves like this. This is a really like Josh, you made a really good point saying that she's super comfortable with her sexuality, this role. Um, this movie isn't as kind to Naomi Watts in the same way, which is kind of interesting, even no. though she kind of, she kind of does get that redemption at the end. Um, but I do think in terms of, I think, I think as an action movie, as a kind of like a, an adaptation, um, of a comic book or a graphic novel, I think this holds up really nicely. I think in terms of just it being a movie that um, you have like a lot of really good performances and a really good script, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I think it kind of falls in the same trap as a lot of these movies, but um, I think Laurie Petty's performance holds up well. I will say that. What about you, Anthony? Um, I would agree with the latter. Um, I think that she uh, is really, really fun to watch in this. Um, every line that she gives, the choices that she makes, everything's really, really great. Um, I did struggle, though, because um, kind of what Josh said at the top of it, of like, it's not a great movie. Yeah. Um, and because of that, like, watching it, like, it does feel super campy. It does feel, you know, like, super dated. It does feel like money got spent on some of the wrong things. Um but, you know, that happens when studios get involved, what have you. So, yeah, I kind of struggle because I'm like, for me at least, it's like, we does it hold up? And, like, you know, like, do we remember it? I'm like, I actually didn't know anything about it, probably because, like, it did so poorly and because, like, when a movie doesn't do well, we just kind of, like, eviscerate it and it doesn't, like, exist anywhere. Um, and similarly, like, too, like, when I was looking up stuff about, like, you know, like, the, the performances and everything. So, this film had its 25th anniversary this year. It came out in 95, right? So, yeah, 25th anniversary. Yeah. Um, they did, uh, Lori Petty did a tweet along, uh, like a viewing for like everybody, like, you know, that wanted to watch the movie for the anniversary. Um, and the director, who I cannot remember her name, uh, sorry, uh, said oh, that, like, I, you know, after the movie. I'm going to tell you, I her had name, it up this a second ago. This, is the, se- this is the second time that we've done this. So, I, w- I want to give credit where credit's due because I actually think this movie's directed really well, even though I know there was. She maybe didn't have final editing say. Um, her her name is Rachel Talale. Yes, Talale. Talale. T a l a l a y. She's from Chicago. Okay. So shout out, Rachel. Yeah, I saw that. Oh shit. Um, and like she says, like you know, like after it came out because it bombed, she didn't talk about it anymore. And then like because I had a cult following, that it was like okay, like I can kind of own my work a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I was, I was really torn though, because I was like, a lot of the themes have aged really well. And the performance to me, because I know Lori, uh, uh, Petty from Orange is the New Black. And this feels a whole lot like her character. And that, did y'all watch that show at all? I don't think I got to a point where she, yeah, I, I had to look up that she was in it. Um, I don't think I got to that season either. Yeah um she's really 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 funny in it and she's really really good and in some ways it almost feels like watching a lot of like the same character choices and a lot of the same stuff that she does in this uh that she then brings back 20 some odd years later for orange is the new black so that was really really fun um but yeah that was the only like kind of hang up that i had was like since I don't really have any familiarity with it and because it is a cult classic and because like watching it, like a lot of the themes and everything like that jump out, I'm like, does the, I don't, I'm, I'm, I struggled with the idea of it aging like a fine wine only because so much of like the movie itself does not, but the performance was still really good. If that makes sense. Yeah, I get that. You know, I would, I, I'm almost feeling like I'm going to rebuttal in, you know, MG, because I, I know that, uh, what was her name? R- uh, Rachel uh, Talele, I'm going to say it wrong. I know that she butted heads with MGM so much about leaving scenes in and cutting scenes and it kind of becoming out of her hands at the end. But I don't know. I just don't know. I don't, I kind of have a feeling that if her stuff did get kept in, that it wouldn't be like critically a more like like, i don't want to say like coherent but like it would it wouldn't improve like 
kind of the flow of the movie, it might be more entertaining, you know? Because we're For already sure. it seeing, wouldn't like, be so eight, much of a cult classic. It would have been, like, a... Yeah. It, it would still be, like, 80 to 85% of what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm probably not going to rebuttal you on that. Whatever you give me. Erica, what'd you say? What'd you give it? Um, I give this a seven because I, I thought Josh argued this well, and I thought Lori Petty held up in this. Gotcha. Gave it a five. Only because, to me, I was just like, I'm aware that it's a cult classic, but only because I had to look into it and, like, you know, do all that research. But also, at the same point, too, like, I felt bad because I'm like, is that, like, the patriarchy of, like, you know, like, this woman was putting on this movie that had, like, a lot of, like, you know, feminist ideals in it. And then, like, you know, the studio honchos were like, no, squash some of this stuff, change it, do it this way, whatever. So, like, you know, your artistic license and your artistic merit gets snatched. No, I, I get that. I mean, the category is the category. Like, we, we understand the importance behind this movie, but whether or not it's, like, enjoyably aged well is a different thing. Diplomatic. I appreciate it. Hell yeah, I take that fight with pride. Sweet, sweet. Second category, singular sensation. The idea here being that nobody else could have played this role. Josh, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Go. So I looked at other uh, actors during this time that could have been cast in this role. And I know that the direct, uh, the casting, the casting director and the director really wanted somebody that felt like a loose cannon that could kind of fly between having a very delicate side and a very like hardened let everything loose side and i don't know i know that they looked at the spice girl like three of the spice girls for for this movie and they weren't a good fit um the other ones that i can think of like mila jokovic lucy Liu, michelle pfeiffer like halle berry like come to mind during that time as could have been but i can't i don't know if they would have been able to play this role as easily as Lori Petty did. And I think the director even said the reason I cast her, I needed somebody that had a crazy life to be this role because it's just, it, it needs to mirror that. So 30 seconds. at least in the, in that director's eyes, like literally nobody else could have done this. Um, I think other actors could have showed up and done it because they're capable, but I don't know if they could have brought that like ease and how, ridiculous and crazy this role is um erica what did you think here so um yeah josh i feel like we we should let you talk we should have talked less at the beginning because i feel like you talked a little bit about how there were other people that were considered for this role including bjork and courtney love um i do think that like kind of as the list of actresses that you kind of rifle through though she's the right part for this um she really she does a lot of this with ease it it does feel very natural and second nature for her to be dealing with um all the things she has to deal with and i'm sure like a lot of that was also on green screen too so um which I, that I always try to keep that in mind in some of these movies is like what are you actually like seeing and acting against um so yeah i i think I, I kind of can't imagine she, she looks exactly right for it. Like, she, you know, I, I think that's the other for, thing, too. Um, for me, it's like in her voice, actually, because I think it like balances the nice gap between like delicate and like still like very like grounded and kind of smoky. Yeah. Yeah. Not to continue. No, my, no. My own point. No, I think that's that's well called out. Anthony, what what are you feeling about this? Um, I I always try to like, you know, approach like the singular sensation of like, all right, who else is out there? Who else were they looking at? Did this person like, you know, come in from jump? Like pretty much like, you know, like who who kind of was like, you know, killing it and getting cast and everything at that time. Um, this is one of those weird things where it's like, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't touch this because it's like it's such like a bizarre concept <laughs> that it's like I'm not you almost can't say, like, oh, like, you know, so-and-so actress that got nominated around that time could have killed this. It's like, yeah, but would she have signed on to it? Nah. Yeah. Because this is that strange. Like, watching this almost felt like watching uh, the Mario Brothers movie again. Where it was just like, this oh does not God. make any sense at all. And I don't it's get so how this similar. happened. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, it's like... <laughs> I-, I had the same feeling when you mentioned Spice. the Spice Girls were considered for this, Josh. Because have you guys seen the movie Spice World? 
Oh, yes, yeah. I love that movie. This reminded me a lot of Spice World, and that you'd be like in one sequence, and everything would be going sequentially, and then all of a sudden something else would be happening, and then all of a sudden the character she'd be back like in the tank, like she's outside the tank, she's in it, she's all over the place. There's no rhyme it's or reason for anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like how many times does? How many times does uh uh gosh, who's the 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 antagonist? Malcolm McDowell. How many times does he die in this movie? Like yeah. Several. I watched a, uh, an interview that they, it's it's really funny if you get a chance. There's a, a CBS This Morning interview from them back in like 95 when the movie came out uh, doing like a press tour, like, you know, like stop. And he even says in it, he's like, yeah, like I get killed in this movie like six times. I was like, hey, why would you put that out there? Like the first interview before the movie comes out. But B, it was like, that doesn't make any sense at all that it's like, why would you die that many times in one thing? But it works because, like, you know, it's supposed to be super campy and it's based on the comic where that could happen and it all lives in, like, you know, that reality. But, yeah, yeah, that was I felt, wild. I felt that a lot, too, when she was getting injured. Like, she recovered like a comic book character would recover. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like in, in comics and in movies based off comics, um, like, they get hit and, like, you don't necessarily see the consequences of that on them physically as opposed to like you know watching i don't know saving private ryan or 1917 or something like that you know what i mean um and the way that she would like inflict inflict pain on others too is very yeah like it's insinuated and you kind of see the yeah that whole yeah i i don't think and i actually i don't think that the Birds of Prey movie can exist without this movie existing. Yeah, that's to me. It's why that's why it's getting rebooted, and that's why it's getting rebooted by the person who wants to do it. Which kind of feels weird. It's like, why are you cashing in on a thing that you've already done twice now? Um, but it's like, yeah, it's like it's a really solid resource material to then want to reboot and like turn something else out of because it does really work in a lot of ways. It's just it was probably a little bit ahead of its time because in '95, what could you really pull off? Like you know with the money, like, you know, with the technology that was available. And also, like, you aren't really going to be able to take the artistic license that you want because you got people that are going to get in your way. It's a lot of, like, you know, blockers. Um, I gave this one a nine. Uh, I thought it was very, very solid casting. Um, Yeah, I thought that this was, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought that, I I couldn't think of anybody else that I would have rather had performed a role. Okay, so last week we kind of talked about, I'm torn because last week we kind of talked about giving the score based on um, the argument that was made, but I feel like Josh, now that I think about it, I feel like Josh really did make this argument prior to us, like, jumping into this, so, okay, I'm going to cut my losses, I'm going to give this a 7. Your third category, Transformation Exploration. This being, the idea is that uh, the actor uh, physically and vocally commits so much that you forget who they are as a person uh, due to their commitment to the role and their performance. Are you ready? I'm ready. Go. So Lori Petty's, I don't want to, I don't want to speak reductively, but most, for most people, when you say the norm, uh, the name Lori Petty, you immediately go to Tank Girl. It is the movie that defines her. It was her first big movie i think she had done one movie before this she hadn't done um point break yet she hadn't done you know a couple of others but this is the movie that really defined her uh as a celebrity and i think the reason being is that she showed up in this really underappreciated action comedy movie and completely dedicated herself to the role and she felt 100% natural in all of these moments and that's the thing about this movie is it's very it's a very much a send-up like the end of the movie is her shooting like beer cans at a digitally like projected Malcolm McDowell and you look at the both of them and they're taking it 100% seriously um so she's committing every tank ride, every strange gesture, every joke so far. And it feels so easy that I completely forget that this is an actor and not just this uh, role. Um, if you don't mind, I would actually like to start with this one. I mind, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Then I insist that you begin, please. No, I'm kidding. Go for it. Um, 
what I said uh, earlier, like when I go through uh, looking at like you know like performances or whatever, sometimes like I'll just end up on that person's Instagram just to like you know scroll through stuff, which is how I found out that it was the 25th anniversary of the movie. How they did like the whole like live tweet thing with the director and with her. Um, the weird thing about looking through like you know her Instagram. And then, like, after seeing, like, she was in Free Willy and seeing, like, some of the roles she was doing before and all of that, it's, this is the role that she always posts about. She posts about it in, like, her Throwback Thursdays. Like, she posts about it, like, when, like, when she gets bored. Like, it just, like, pops up places. Like, it's all throughout her feed. It's all over that grid. Um, the, the, and, and I think the thing that, like, I'm not necessarily struggling with, but watching it, I'm like, it felt like and I'd love to hear her take on it, it feels like this role kind of gave her the opportunity to explore a lot more about who she was. Because watching Free Willy, I'm like, this is not the same person it doesn't even feel like. Like, she plays, like, the the trainer, and, like, she doesn't look the same. Like, then you see, like, some of the roles that she's taken, like, later on in her career, and I feel like, you know, like, they're very, very kind of aligned with this one they almost feel a lot like it like i wish that y'all had watched orange is the new black because literally it feels like mm. somebody took tank girl and dropped her in the middle of a a low uh a security prison in lynchfield new york and it's just her playing this person like to a degree um yeah uh the 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 transformation i think from what she was doing before this to this role is just so stark in comparison um and then seeing how much she appreciates, how much she loves it, and then how much that, like, you know, is kind of, like, permeated through other stuff. It was just really interesting to see. It's not something that I can say for a lot. Like, it's not like, you know, like, I watched, like, a performance like Brian Cranston, and I'm like, man, like, he did Walter White's Breaking Bad, and now he's this person now. Like, if that makes sense. It very much just feels like that's become, like, a part of her. Um, yeah. I hope that I made an ounce of sense in what I just said. Oh, yep. Yeah, you did. I mind, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, you did. <laughs> uh, you just seething over there, like I just, I just like didn't hear a word you said because I'm so mad I didn't go first. <laughs> like I actually put you on mute the second that you started talking, uh, and I'm gonna act like you didn't say anything. It's, it's the podcast. Well, of, I'm, I'm I'm glad I could inspire such conflict. Uh, well, in this, the, uh, in this choice, the I'm podcast equivalent of leaving you on red. Um. No, oh, this is actually fun. Normally, it's YouTube fighting. This is fun for me. Let's find uh, more fights. Let's find more fights between us. I think that's yeah, the key. yeah. Okay, that's good. Probably good for our friendship and our working relationship. Um. Okay, so I for this, it's interesting. So when this movie started, I was really hung up. So she has such a specific voice. It is a voice solely her own um it has a similar sort of a thing and like joey lauren adams has like a similar type of a thing where it's like they have such a specific weird cadence and pitch and it's like i have a really hard time divorcing the actress from her the way she speaks um but i felt like as the movie went on that she both like used it to her advantage and also, I was able to separate from her, her from it a little bit. I I also, Josh, like, I, it's interesting because for me, this was not the role I knew her by. But the more I researched it, and, and similar to Anthony, like, like, understanding how important this role was to her and, like, to her career and to her, like, I feel like she has kind of fallen in love with this character of Tink Girl. And, like, for... Like, I feel like this, if this movie was made today, I want to watch, like, a million spinoffs of this. Like, I want to watch her and Naomi Watts, um, like, go fight more crime, you know? Um, so, yeah, uh, for me, I, I, I felt like that transformation, I felt like by the time I got to the end of the movie, I, I wasn't really thinking so much about the fact that it was Lori Petty anymore, and I was just really enjoying watching Tank Girl pull stunts and manipulate her body and um and interact i also think um your timelines are just a little bit off because so she did point break in 1991 oh shit and then she did league of a league of their own in 92 which for me is the role that i mm. think of her as 
And then she gave me the movie that I know her from, which is Free Willy. Yes. And then she did a movie I've never seen before, but I was seeing a lot in her history, which is called Army Now, which was a Polly Shore movie. Oh, oh yeah. in the Army Now? I know Army Now. Um, and then she did this. Because <laughs> I <laughs> forgot about those movies. What did you score this one, Erica? Um, I I gave this an eight. I, I thought that this was uh, this was really cool, and I f- I feel like she really chameleoned into this. Um, and I also just really enjoy how passionate Josh is about about her performance in this part. So, I also gave this one an eight. Cool. Fourth category, the category formerly known as chicken salad out of chicken shit. The ability to take a shitty script or an insane premise to turn into a phenomenal performance. Um, I think this might be the first time in a few weeks that uh, we can actually use the latter part of that. An insane premise turned into a phenomenal performance. Uh, Josh, are you ready to defend? Yeah, I'm ready. Go. So I think Lori Petty's the reason that this movie really succeeds. Uh, it all follows behind her because even though you have big characters like Malcolm, big 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 actors like you know Naomi Watts, Malcolm McDowell, uh, Ice T, all of the roles that they play are relatively two dimensional. Um, even Lori Petty's to some degree, but she's the one that shines through the most. It's comic book. It's mostly it's an adaptation of a graphic novel, and not to say that that is you know is an encumbrance on how well you know actors can perform in interpreting it, but you can feel that everything there's a lot of show not uh, tell not show in this movie, um, and it doesn't lend to a lot of three dimensional moments or characters really struggling internally or whatever it is. So if you kind of take Laurie Petty out of this equation, thirty seconds. Uh, I think it's. It, it wouldn't have it wouldn't really be remembered um i think i think you know the values that it holds up in that it you know it holds up uh you know a lot of feminist ideas and uh female you know characters that are very strong and taking charge uh i think seconds. it's rough without Lori petty in there i'm not gonna lie i was really excited when i finally like we finally did something that was an insane premise that should not work for a movie or like, you know, like you're, you're making it kind of make sense. Um, what did you think here? Yeah, I feel like honestly, this one was the one that was just like the no brainer for me because the script's not that good. And the things that they're asking her to do, say, wear, move, like interact with like the prosthesis on those kangaroos is horrifying. Um, and the ears move. Oh, God. Um, all right. Well, back to the matter at hand. Um, this was a no brainer for me. I thought she handled this really masterfully. Um, I gave this a 10 because I just, that's how I felt about it. I went with a nine. Fair. Um, yeah, I thought it was done very, very well. I thought that the script is ridiculous. I thought the plot is insane. Um, but yeah, I thought she was kind of glued to like makes it work. So yeah. And your final category, the body of proof. An unexpected addendum to their career or an addition of what they were working towards. Are you ready? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Go. The only thing I'm going to say about this category is Lori Petty was completely... Sub- she was caught off guard that she got this role because... Um, I'm totally blanking on the performance that she had before this, but it did. It wasn't necessarily a role that lended itself to setting her up as like a easy bounce pad for this movie. I think it was just based off of kind of the director's relationship and knowing who po- Lori Petty was as a person um, and knowing that she can kind of show up and do it. I mean, the, I kind of almost think the same thing when Brian Cranston was picked for um, uh, Walt in Breaking Bad, you know, the, the, that, you know, in this case, MGM instead of AMC was really pushing back and going like, whoa, why are you putting this person in this role? Like we have people that we like that are names and everything. And the director's just going, no, 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 trust me, this is going to work. This is going to be perfect. And thankfully in this case, we were able to get Lori Petty in this role and it totally showed up. So um, 
I, you know, <clears throat> I, besides the rest of the work that she does, I don't think it's an unexpected seconds. one, but I think for the role and how she got into it, it is abs- it's absolutely an unexpected one. And I'll take the, the extra 13 seconds to sip this wine. Nicely done. Um, I think that if you look at her entire career and if you were to stop it right here, this is the one thing that's the most unlike everything else that she'd done. But if you look at everything, it's like she's just a really great actress. So it's like if you give her the material and kind of give her a direction, I feel like she just kind of like does what needs to get done. Um... Like, the fact that before this, it was like she had done In the Army Now, she had done A League of Their Own, she had done uh, Free Willy. It's like, none of those roles are the same. They're all very, very different. Um, And then, from this one moving forward, you can kind of see how, like, you know, she steps outside of the comfort of, you know, doing, like, the expected, the... The, the super, like, you know, cookie-cutter roles. Like, this one is so out there and so androgynous, and a lot of the stuff that I feel like she's done since then is very much the same. Um, do y'all watch the show uh, uh, Gotham at all? No. I, I don't really like that show. Is that the one with the guy from the OC? Um, I've never watched the OC, so I couldn't tell you. Okay, Ben McKenzie? I'm, 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 I'm going gonna to whisper this, but I don't really like Gotham that much. Um, it's, I'm not talking about, like, it's, like, the best thing that's ever happened. Like, honestly, like, as far as, like, you know, like, TV series goes, it's okay. I don't think DC does the best job adapting their stuff for TV as much as they, actually, they don't do a great for film either. It but feels kind of cookie cutter. <laughs> it, it I don't really think is, they adapt like, their shit for film well, but that's a whole yeah, other thing. Like, it's oh, true. Unless it's, like, Wonder Woman. Anything. Yeah. yeah. And even then, I'm like, this one's only good because, like, y'all allowed for that one to be good, and, like, y'all didn't, like, step on, uh, uh, Patty, Patty, Patty Jenkins, right? yeah. Um, yeah, it's like y'all didn't step on her toes and y'all allowed her to have it. And then when y'all did and like y'all adapted some of her stuff into Justice League, it didn't work because y'all sexified all like the, the costumes and shit. Again, another another conversation. Um, okay. I bring up Gotham because one of her characters on there, uh, Jerry, that she plays, it's another one where it's just like, this does not make any sense. But I feel like it takes this type of a role for her to play that then allows you to kind of expand and like try stuff like that. Um... So, yeah, it's like I'm caught between you're a really good actor and with any material you can turn in a really good performance. And this was the one that kind of was a catalyst for you to do a lot of stuff that you probably wouldn't have tried doing or wouldn't have been given the opportunity to do unless you had done this to then, like, you know, flex that muscle and realize it worked. So I I hear your confusion, Anthony. I was having – not confusion, your your, – Inner struggle. You sound like an idiot. No, 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 no. Are you I was still mad <laughs> about him going first? It's okay. Like it, I am still holding. I am still holding a grudge from ten minutes ago. Um, yeah. But then the fucker did it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! No, I hear you. Um, I was having. I was trying to say um, that I had a lot of the same qualms. However, in light of our conversation from last week, I tried to think of this as what she had done to this point and what did this role look like um, in her career to this point. Um, so for that, you know, we talked about some of these, you know, she, she did other stuff than these five roles we've been talking about, but for me, those are like the big blockbusters that, that stand out. Um, and then she, t- it takes a really long time, I think, for her to do another movie that, like, is meaningful, um, in, in a lot of ways, if that makes sense. Um, but that, that's how I tried to look at this and, like, you know, in, in what, in the realm of what she'd done to this point, what did this look like in terms of sh- uh, in terms of her career? Um, full stop. No, I think that's fair. So it's like you're only looking at it as of 1995, where we're only looking at like you know the ten or so film credits that she had. Yeah, like, based off that idea. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Well, I was gonna say like some of the other stuff she did, like. She was in, like, a bunch of TV series. She was in an episode of The Twilight Zone. She was in, uh, a, she did this TV movie called Bates Motel, um, which I kind of want to see now because it's, like, I, I, uh, 
read TV about it a lot. Version of it? it? Yeah, it's with her. Um, in in um in uh, Bud Court. You know who he is? No, I do not. Um, he well, okay. Uh, he's he's been around. Um, so the the yeah, premise is that. This guy that shared, like, a cell or whatever you call it at an asylum with Norman Bates, like, inherits his, inherits the base motel. Um, and she plays, like, you know, the female part in it. Um, yeah, so anyways, uh, that's a very long-winded way to say, um, <laughs> that, uh, I gave her an eight for this because I thought to this point in her career... Um, it was, it was surprising. Um, I originally gave it a seven, but based off of what you just said of like, we're looking at it based up to this point, um, I'll give it, uh, an eight as well. You're welcome, Josh. (laughs) Uh, no further statements. Um, I'm going to add these up. Um, I will say while I'm doing that, um, I, when I was researching the director for this movie, um, John Waters officiated her wedding, and I think that's cool as fuck. Whoa! Yeah, she dropped out of, uh, whatever, like, no, she didn't drop out. She was studying something else completely different, and then she ended up working on one of his movies, and then he became, like, a mentor for her. I thought that was dope as hell. Okay. Ready? Ready. Okay. So, Josh, this week for... Yeah. Uh, Lori Petty in Tank Girl. Um, yeah. My total points is a 40. Anthony's is a 39, which gives you a grand total of 79, which does qualify you for a D'Onofrio this week. All right. Another that W. 30 seconds to make a an, uh, an acceptance speech. Are you ready? I'm ready. Go. Oh, boy. Lori Petty, just want to say... Couldn't have done, uh, you're you're a star that one time i shared a taco alongside you at james beach in venice venice california uh it was you were just so humble and so wonderful and yeah, everything that i i imagined you'd be like so uh thank you so much and i only hope that uh i i get to share a taco with you again right on time you shared a taco with Lori Petty? Yep. <laughs> you sat on that until the very end of this? Yep. So what if you didn't win? I, I, I was going to mention it in my rejection speech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one t- I, so uh, me and a buddy went to uh, James Beach in uh, Venice Beach. And the only reason I keep saying the name of the place is because we intentional- me and my buddy intentionally went there because it's where uh, Jason Siegel and Paul Rudd go in the movie I Love You, I Love you Man to get tacos because it has the fish best... Tacos. Yeah, they get the best fish tacos. So we went to go get those fish tacos and they're really expensive and they're only okay, but we were the only people in the restaurant sitting at the bar except for somebody sitting at the other end of the bar and I actually didn't recognize her. My buddy Justin did. So shout out to Justin for recognizing her. And he, and he was like, uh, oh, excuse me, but are you Lori Petty? And we started talking and we were just kind of gushing and she was very sweet and humble. And we just ate tacos side by side and, and it was wonderful. Cool. We're technically done with the whole like, you know, to D and Dice and like, you know, rolling for each year because we only got oh one year God. left and we know what it's going to be. So we finally made it through the 90s. Um, Woo! I just, can we just take a moment for making it through a decade? Well, not quite yet. I still have to well, tackle 1992 next week. But I mean, we I are so fucking close. At this point. Yeah, yeah, we're, see, we're so fucking close. Line, I'm, I'm proud of us. Me I'm, too. I am thrilled to be getting out of the 90s. None of these movies hold up. There's like five. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm surprised we gave out as many D'Onofrio awards as we did. Like, well, I, it's so interesting because it's like there are, there were some good performances, but we really did talk about a lot of trash movies. Yeah, but that's kind of and, the point. And the wild thing is, there were more trash movies that were out there. We just found nine that we were like, these are decent enough that I can talk about them for like an hour. Yeah. Or like, I can just bullshit through out them. There. Yep. <laughs> Which yeah. Which I did on multiple occasions. Samesies, samesies. 
I am thrilled to be getting into something a little bit more modern after this is over with. Me too. My God. Or me at least too. being able to choose like the, the other nuggets of decent stuff that's out there because being given <laughs> a year arbitrarily and then trying to like comb through the, the shit to find something decent, I'll never want to do this again. Oh, man. Uh, it's been a trip. You hear like, that viewers dating is like? Oh. We like what we do. Anthony, this is exactly what dating is like. Aren't you glad you <laughs> never did it? I yeah, haven't had to do on, that man. in almost a decade. And I don't envy anybody that's some like this process of like, if the dating pool is anything like the movies that came out in 1994, I'd be fucking single and I'd never watch a movie ever the fuck again. This shit is so hard. Like, it's not fun. So we're at 1992 films for next week? 1992, yeah. Um, I'm just looking at some stuff. There's, I've seen at least one movie that like, mm, I got two. That, so, like if I had the option, like I'd be like, all right, not bad. Oh my God. 1992 is the choice year. There's so many movies in here that I would like love to do. I have been scrolling and I have found three. Um, I well, found like six. Uh, there's also some real trash in here too. Um, there's some garbage in this train. Uh, but yeah so i will let you guys know 1992 very excited thank you so much for joining us again this week for not the oscars if you like this episode please give us a review on your favorite listening platform including apple Podcasts, spotify and stitcher also please be sure to follow us on instagram and twitter at not the oscars or shoot us an email at getmesugarwater at gmail.com to submit a performance that you think is deserving of the vincent d'onofrio award See you again next week. Get go. <laughs>